You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member? For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details. Derek Jeter! This is the Yanks Go Yard Podcast with Adam Weinrib and Thomas Carinante. Welcome to a Thursday edition of the Yanks Go Yard Podcast. I'm Adam Weinrib alongside Thomas Carinante, and I'm tired of all of it. I'm tired of everything. I'm tired of late night baseball. I'm tired of second half baseball. I'm tired of watching the 2022 New York Yankees. You know those teams that even when they let you down, you still love them? You're like, I still love these guys. I can't stay mad at these guys. My team is 6-11. and 11. My NFL team's struggling. But you know what? They play hard every day. They're giving it the best they can. They're undermanned. This is the best roster in the American League, and they're terrible. They're the worst team in baseball in the second half. They're the worst team since the deadline. They don't deserve your love and respect, and they're lying to you. Aaron Boone saying Isaiah Kiner fluff is a good defensive shortstop, one of the best in the game. No, he's not. Good defensive third baseman, bad defensive shortstop, can't make plays coming in on the ball, which is what a shortstop does. He's bad. He and Garrett Cole tag team to lose yesterday's game, which lost the series in Anaheim, which means that in a road trip on the West Coast where the Yankees really had to go 5-2 and two against two bad teams, they went 3-4 and four after starting off 2-0. and oh. This team isn't good. The AL East isn't getting interesting. It's already over. They're six games up on the Rays and facing the Rays six more times in the next 10 days. Best of luck with all that shit because I'm out. You can find us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you get your podcast drop a five-star review along with the mailbag question. We'll be more than happy to answer it. We're going to tell it like it is. This isn't getting interesting. This isn't beginning to become, ooh, now we can think about the collapse. They were 15 up on the Rays after play on August 1st. It's September 1st. They're five up in the loss column. That's a collapse. You already collapsed. The collapse isn't the whole 15-game lead going away. The collapse isn't even being interesting. And it's more than interesting. They might not lead the division in 10 days. They might blow a 15-game lead in 40 days with another 20 days left in the season. That's a collapse. That Most of that already happened. Win a series in Tampa. Change my mind. It's that easy. All you have to do is win this one series and you actually avert disaster. All you have to do is not get swept 
and you can probably tread water because the Rays and Blue Jays are about to play each other for a five-game series in Toronto. The Red Sox get a crack at the Rays a couple more times. That might help us, but even if it doesn't, the Red Sox lose, so that's fun. The Yankees have a chance to tread water if they could just win a game in this series. Looking like Domingo Herman, Clark Schmidt, and Frankie Montas on the road, unless they change things around because of the off day. Sweep City. Thomas Carinante, welcome to the podcast. In a little bit, I'm going to go through the three Yankee arguments that I can't stand anymore and I can't take uh, as they try to finish authoring this September collapse. They've already done a whole September collapse. It's September 1st, so that's pretty cool. They got it out of the way ahead of time, uh, but there's another month left. More damage can be done. Uh, welcome to the podcast. How are you feeling today? Pretty great. Not at all. Um, yeah, I, I don't know. Good. I think, I think um, you know, my general emotional unavailability that's followed me my whole life is kind of good in situations like this. Um, we've talked previously about how there's not much different. There's, there's not much of a difference between this team and last year's team in terms of players on the roster, right? Got a couple new guys, got rid of a couple guys that were not valuable um, or um, we just didn't necessarily need um, and replace them with guys who were just not that much better and not much more effective. And, you know, the new formula s- seemingly worked over the course of the first 85 games and now it's not working, not working at all. Um, and it's not, you can't have a tale of two seasons with a team that was fucking fans, dude, just talking about how this was a, almost a near carbon copy of the 98 team. This is just like 98. Yeah. Couldn't be more wrong. Good teams don't do this. Bad teams do this. Underachieving teams do this. Teams who choke do this. Um, and to me, it's crazy because even when some people on Twitter are forecasting the 2023 lineup it's like you still got seven of the same guys here how is this going to change anything do you think adding one or two different people to this lineup is going to change there is something bad here we don't know what it is and now for the first time I'm gonna start blaming Aaron Boone in some capacity because he's fucked with the lineup this entire month nothing's really worked and the post-game comments outside of smacking the table are all incorrect and wrong. Um, the backing of players when they clearly don't meet expectations is wrong as a manager. I understand you have to defend your guys. I understand you can't throw them to the wolves and have them get eaten alive by the media. But at the same time, Isaiah Connor falefa who I've mostly backed this entire year, and I'm not ready to throw him aside because – This is the Yankees' fault. Once again, people, this is the Yankees' fault. The Yankees blow last night's game to the Angels because Isaiah Conor-Falefa boots a basic ground ball from Mike Trout, um, which you just simply have to field. Mike Trout is giving you an out. You have to take the out. It's hard enough to get Mike Trout out. How many times can I? Dr. Seuss book. Mike Trout. Mike Trout's out by Dr. Seuss. Um, He boots it. And then, of course, what do you think happens when he boots it? What do you think Garrett Cole is going to do? What Garrett Cole has done all year? If Garrett Cole has a start that doesn't go as perfectly planned from point A to point B, there is a meltdown at some point. An error is going to have Garrett Cole meltdown. What does he does? Center cut fastball to Shohei Otani. Don't know why you pitched to the guy. Really don't know, but you did it anyway. Um, 
So there, there's plenty of blame to go around. Your ace should be able to absorb a shitty error and runners on first and second in the bottom of the sixth inning. Your starting shortstop should be able to feel the routine ground ball. Then again, the Yankees put us in this situation. Brian Cashman put us in this situation. Aaron Boone put us in this situation. We acquired Isaiah Connor falefa We knew exactly who he is. We knew exactly what kind of player he was. And fans complaining about it at this point and blaming him are idiots. You should be blaming the front office. You should be blame. You should be up in arms that Oswald Peraza is not here to at least sniff some action. You should be up in arms that Isaiah Conner-Falefa hasn't been benched to maybe see what Oswaldo Cabrera could do at shortstop, for example. Anything else to shift the calculus here is on the Yankees, and it's on Aaron Boone. And look, I understand the lifeless offensive performances are what they are. Um, we're seeing it again after we saw it countless times last year. Um, but Aaron Judge cannot carry the load every night. Giancarlo Stanton is still probably hurt. DJ LeMay, who was clearly hurt. Andrew Benintendi was the wrong trade acquisition, even though he started to heat up a little bit. Still not performing well overall in pinstripes, guys. It's been a month. Um, you can have a couple moments here and there, but it, that's not what he was. He was not acquired to have a couple moments here and there. He was acquired to lengthen the lineup and be more effective. Um, you know you're not getting any production out of the bottom of this lineup. It's just – it is what it is. Um, and – this is you want to blame the players all you want. I, I don't necessarily disagree with you, but the crosshairs just simply have to be on the decision makers. We questioned the decisions in the beginning. We got to take our foot off the, the criticism gas pedal and be like, hey, these are actually working out. Maybe it's not so bad. But also don't forget that this is still mostly the 2021 team. And now we're witnessing a collapse and we will be numb to it by the time the collapse actually fully comes to fruition. I need to be numb to it. That's the best part. I, I, I get to a point every year where I don't care when the season ends or not. Last year was the easiest of all time. Leading oh, to the wild card game, I couldn't have cared less. It's like, I'm glad they didn't, you know, they were up like three games on the playoff spot with three games left against the Rays. And if they had lost all three while their opponents won all three and they fell out of the wild card game entirely, I would have been pretty upset. Once they managed to avoid that ignominious bit of history and just went to Fenway Park for the wild card game, I couldn't have cared less. Once you go to Fenway, one game all on the line. Yankee team that was disappointing all year long. It's already over. That lineup was terrible. Andrew Velasquez is in that lineup. They're not winning that game, and they didn't. And I was numb to it. Wrote about it. Moved on. I can't let go of this team for some reason. I can't become numb to this team because I know what they did in the first half. They stole this from us. 61-23 and 23 in the first half doesn't go away. 49-16 and 16 in the first half doesn't go away. That happened. That was this year. So it's not talking about 2017. It's not like Red Sox fans saying, God, 2018 was so magical. Why can't Devers and Bogarts do that again? It was this season. So I can't mentally detach. And Sweeney Murdy doing us a favor and showing us that, like, well, the 96 Yankees actually did this too. Graham Lloyd showed up at the deadline. He had a 17 ERA, and then he became indispensable on the playoff roster. David Weathers was their other major trade acquisition, and he stunk. And, and they – had a 12-game lead at the end of July, and it was two and a half by September 9th or something. That's delightful. I'm glad that the 1996 Yankees did that. And I'm sure I would have been doubting the 1996 Yankees at that point, too. But coming off of – and the 96 Yankees were coming off of 95, where they blew a 2-0 playoff series lead. So I'm sure the discourse probably the same at that point. I was a child in 1996. I don't remember sports talk radio. But Yankee fans were obviously in an 18-year title gap at that point. Twitter and living off 78. I'm, I'm sure that people were, I'm sure everybody sounded like me and there's still a chance that this could turn around, but this is unbelievable. 
That um, team was middling. I think Sweeney Murdy cited that they went 13 and 17 or something. This team is 10 and 18 since they hit that uh, 69 and 34 mark and, and moved on in August. They won the first game of August and then they went 9 and 18. This is the Yankees' worst calendar month since September 1991. If they were to win the World Series, LOL. But if they were, this would be the worst August winning percentage of a team to ever win the World Series. The 2017 Houston Astros are the other one. And I think that's really important because you saw some columns floating around this week that was like, all the Yankees have to do is get some inspiration from the 2017 Houston Astros, who currently are the worst team in August to ever win the World Series. You know what that team did on August 31st? Traded for Justin Verlander. So I'm not interested in that. I don't care. It's a shame that they were struggling in the middle of August. It's a shame that their cheating system hit a snag and apparently unraveled. But then they went and acquired the reason they won the World Series the next day. And the Yankees did not do that. That was not in the cards. There's no more trade deadline here. So that was not an option. We could call up Oswald Peraza, considering the whole infield is unsettled. Might have wanted to do that a couple weeks ago when the lead was like 10-11 to like avert all this and like maybe get him acclimated to September baseball and August baseball. But now it's September 1st. I I hope that the press release for September roster expansion moves goes up during this podcast. I would love to react to it live. It's going to be Luke Bard and Marwin Gonzalez coming back from the fraternity list. That's just what it's going to be. And I would love to see this going. Like I, I would just like that to be official and cross the wire while we're on the air. So we could talk about it in detail. Um, this rotation, I think what, what gets me the most is uh, talking about the Angels game, obviously, and we'll talk about Garrett Cole a little bit in the future. That's obviously a game you got to win. Cole's been better more often than he's been bad lately. It was good enough to win yesterday. The offense could do anything. Once again, it didn't. Cole's last five starts, I think he's got five quality starts, and he's one in four in those games. That's pathetic. That's on the offense. Uh, Garrett Cole, not blameless. Again, we'll go over that a little bit, but you win the first two games of the road trip in a road trip where you really need to go five and two against inferior competition. And then you go one and four in the next five. That's pretty indefensible. That has nothing to do with the 2017 Astros. The comparisons need to stop. This is the 2022 Yankees and it's the 2021 Yankees, but sometimes cosmic things happen. Sometimes teams fail, 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 fail. Sometimes teams go right up to the precipice of success and fall off the cliff. It happened in 2004. It's happening again now. It made more sense in 2004. We've talked about this on previous podcasts. That was a team that went 101 and 61, but had no rotation, and their Pythagorean record was 89 and 73. Bad baseball team that outperformed its expectations by 12 games. This one's a good baseball team. They lose every one run game they play. That's cosmic. It's on the offense. Yeah, it's been on the bullpen sometimes, for sure. But that usually evens out. Not evening out. Not evening out. They lose every one-run game they play. They've lost 17 one-run games since the middle of June, most in Major League Baseball. Sometimes it goes beyond the stat sheet. All of that is to say that it should normalize in September. Even with this patchwork rotation, even after giving away Jordan Montgomery and neutering yourself for the second half and not acquiring a pitcher to fill his spot, they should still be able to play over 500 ball in September and come in at around 95 wins and win the division by four or five games. But A, they won't do that. And B, again, our expectations were much higher after starting 61 and 23. In order to collapse this big, you really have to either be lucky in the first half. They weren't. They weren't lucky. Or 
lose everybody, lose Judge, lose Stanton long-term, lose Cole. That's the only reason that a turnaround like this should happen in the middle of the season. They lost Stanton for a month. Judge is still here. Cole's still here pitching well. All, most of the people are in place. Luis Severino got involuntarily placed on the 60-day IL, but Matt Carpenter, I mean, they lost some pieces, but they still have the main engine, and uh, losing those guys is really the only excuse for this to happen, and none of that happened. They just got... They went from being the best team in baseball to the worst. They have one of the two worst records in baseball in the second half. Cosmic. It, you cannot explain that, and you can't expect it to normalize in September. Yeah, I mean, that's that's the craziest part with this team, especially because you look at 2019 where they lost major pieces, um, and they were able to still make it happen. They were able to hum along. They had a, they had a worse pitching staff. They misjudged for a good portion of the season. Um, still won 103 games, and now you're losing ancillary pieces. Matt Carpenter, who should have never contributed, should have never been here, got lucky that he was here. You lose Matt Carpenter, the offense falls apart. You know, DJ LeMay, who hurts his toe and is hobbling a little bit, the offense can't do anything. Josh Donaldson and Glaber Torres just can't hit the ball, I guess. Um, Isaiah Kiner-Falefa, who was supposed to be playing good defense, can't really do that. Look, has he been bad at shortstop? Bad? No. Below average? He's average, I'd say. The thing about this, the the why this is an argument, why Yankee fans are pissed, is because, or I hope this is why they're pissed, if we were getting a defensive first shortstop with no bat, it had to be a true defensive first shortstop, not a former catcher turned third baseman toward turn shortstop a little bit. Like, this is just bad judgment on the Yankees. And just tell me this. Tell me this. Look, no, I don't want to tell you anything. I don't want to talk about this. The roster is being expanded by two spots, right? Um, and you look at the overall health of the Yankees roster. This team needs to welcome back Nestor Cortez, Scott Efros, um, Luis Severino, um, and Harrison Bader at some point. That's the goal, right? So that means four spots need to be cleared. And if you think in your sick brain, that Zach Britton is coming back to contribute to this team. I got nothing for you. I got nothing for you. So you have to clear four spots, right? But you also have two open spots. So really, you only have to clear two. Anthony Banda, why is he here? Hmm. Or oldest Chapman shouldn't come back? No. It's not even a hot take at this point, folks. Two years ago, a little bit of a hot take, you know. He's mostly been overall good. He started to collapse a little bit in 2020. It was a rough year for everybody. Collapsed last year collapsing this year. There is no room for him. There is no use for him unless he's coming in as an emergency reliever to eat the fifth inning in a playoff game because you didn't prepare yourself properly or someone got hurt or something happened. There is no use for him. Let him go. Do we need Aaron Hicks still? Why is Tim LaCastro here? These, why is, is Marwin Gonzalez going to come back? Does he need to come back? So right there, I gave you five solutions to completely eliminate players. And you have two extra roster spots. So really, you can welcome back three. You can figure out three new spots for players who would be of use to you. Um, Don't know why we can't figure this out. There has to be a solution. Aaron Hicks cannot be on this bench in the playoffs. You want to talk about Cosmic. This is the bad vibes version of this team that I cannot stand. You have a guy like Hicks who is not liked by the fan base. And I hate to say that because it's shitty and it sucks. But it's true. You go on Twitter. You listen to you listen to pundits talk about him, and it's bad. Glaber Torres, you can't get rid of. I understand that, but like he can't be here in 2023. 
the leash that has been that the leash that has grown for players who have either not delivered when they've been called upon to do something or just don't deliver continually is out of this world. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient. Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. There's, there, there are a ton of moves that the Yankees can do here that are bold that would require, that would require a heavy lifting. And I'll be the first one to say that. None of these moves would be easy. But guess what? If you want to change what's going on with this team, which I don't know what's going on with this team, there needs to be moves where the front office is saying, you know what? We're done. We've gave enough people chances. We don't care about the money anymore. We care about winning. Cause if you're keeping Aaron Hicks on this roster, all that tells me is that you're too proud to fucking throw $30 million into the trash. And what's $30 million to the Yankees, a homestand against the Red Sox. Cool. You know what you have to pay for, for giving out a seven year extension, a homestand against the Red Sox. So pay for it. It's not that hard to get to, 
to keep, you know, Jonathan Lewisega maybe be rebounding. I don't know, but there was an opportunity to option him and just fill the spot with somebody who might've been more useful. Didn't do that. So the, the underwhelming trade deadline deals, which were once again, packaged perfectly to minimize risk and fill a potential void. Now you run into the issue with trading Jordan Montgomery. I don't want to keep complaining about it, but you have Nestor Cortez going on the IL. You have obviously Luis Severino on the 60 day IL. And then you have Jamison Tyone get hit in the wrist with a pitch. Why, why did you think this entire team was going to get through whatever they had to get through fully healthy? The team has actually been hit with the most injuries probably over the last six weeks than it had all year. And then your judgment is to, oh, you know, we'll trade, we'll trade a piece that people like and that is valuable and we'll just figure it out from there. Again, Clark Schmidt jerking him around between roles is not going to get him to succeed. You had him in a nice spot, multi-inning reliever, doing well, maximizing his, uh, his movement on his pitches and his, and his most effective pitches. Now he's worried about laboring through five, six innings, and it's a completely different ballgame for him. So every piece of judgment on this team has been wrong. And then that's where the messaging comes in with Boone telling us that Kiner Fluff has been one of the best shortstops in the league. Again, been below average, boots routine plays. Most of the time it hasn't resulted in the other team capitalizing them. But last night it did. And once again, it was at the worst possible time because the Yankees badly needed a win before they had before they had to Tampa for a three game set. And there it is. Now you have the entire tone setting for that race series. You have Garrett Cole once again continuing the narrative that he cannot possibly go through any start without an interruption. Fan runs on the field. Oh, that's it. Guess I'm done. Isaiah kind of left a boots of all. Oh, great. Well, guess I got to serve up a center cut fastball to the best hitter on the team. You know what the sickest part is, though? I'm still looking at the schedule being like, why isn't Garrett Cole starting in this Tampa series? I know how it would go. Like, I know how the Cole starts go. We don't hit. He breaks down in the middle for no reason. Jackie Bradley Jr. ruined a Cole start the other day. The Orioles were down 3 nothing to Cole and came back the other day, yeah. end of July. Like, the Cole starts aren't fucking fun. No. And, and the Cole starts in Tampa at the Trop with that roof, with that turf, IKF playing shortstop there. Like, it's not going to go well, and I'm still such a sick man that I'm like, man, it'd be nice to have Cole in this series because I just never learned. <laughs> yeah, Cole would have went like, you know, seven innings, five earned or something. Four seven innings to earn, lose yeah. two one. Manny Margot makes a diving catch. The genius, the Angels genius walking judge and Stanton yesterday in the ninth. You just had to give him a standing ovation. Yeah. It's like uh first and second, like one run game. Here come the Yankees best players. Obviously, you walk judge and they do that. Then you pitch around Stanton a little bit. I mean, you don't want to put two on, no out for five, six, seven, but actually you do. So you go feet off the plate for Stanton. He doesn't bite. Actually a good take on the three, two, but first and second, no outs. Those guys might as well not even exist because the next three guys are going down without a fight. It's Josh Donaldson who nearly grounded into a double play. And then by the time we even had a chance to exhale about him, not grounding into a double play struck out on a looping curveball. Glaver Torres went foot and a half off the plate. He can't come back next year. Sorry. And I, I even wrote a back. I've backtracked on Glaber so many times this year. I wrote that he should be traded in spring. Then we had an all-star first half. I said, thank God we didn't trade him. And I wrote an article calling myself out. And then he went on to be the worst second baseman in baseball in the second half. It's unbelievable what this guy does to us. Uh, he, He chases feet off the plate, not even close, extremely pointless. Although, as you pointed out, he was half the team's offensive output yesterday. So F us, right? And then 
Up comes Jose Trevino, who's been one of the most clutch players on this team all year. Well, nope, let's pinch hit a rookie for him with first and second two outs. Trevino's foot obviously hurting him. He's day-to-day. Higashioka's been playing more and more often. Maybe he shouldn't be in the lineup at all. If he's not going to be allowed to hit with two outs in the ninth inning, maybe you pinch hit Cabrera for Torres or Donaldson. Maybe you pinch hit Anthony Rizzo for somebody because he was hurt, but not hurt enough because he came in and played defense, but didn't hit. Maybe you want him to hit. Getting back to the Aaron Boone stuff, it's the lineup, it's performance, but that ninth inning was a Boone disaster class yesterday. And the Angels legitimately, the Angels, a bottom feeder team in the AOS, high-fiving with the A's right down there at the bottom of the division, with a reliever who's basically in his first year had the foresight to say, I'm just not facing Judge and Stanton. Why would I do that? Nobody coming up after them is going to get a hit. And they didn't. And that's that is crazy because you look at a team like the Yankees and the whole idea was building a deep lineup after Judge and Stanton. Because if you avoid, if you dare avoid a Judge and Stanton, you'd be like, shit, I still got four major leaguers to go through. So this sucks. Not the case at all. You get through Judge and Stanton, it's a cakewalk. There's no, there's absolutely nothing threatening you there. Um, the, it, I mean, it's just, it's crazy because all this stuff comes at the, the worst times, right? Josh Donaldson, career worst season on track by far. I understand he's getting older, but career worst season, career worst. Will not get, might not get worse than it. It would be hard to get worse than this. Well, he destroyed the ball last year. All his exit velocities are top of the charts, and this year yep. he's just not doing it. He's not he got doing old it. in one year. Yeah, and he, he did miss some time with a shoulder issue, which is probably worse than he's letting on. Josh Donaldson, number one candidate for end of season. It's like ah, I tore my labrum in May. Sorry, guys, forgot yeah. forgot to tell everybody. Uh, Glaber yeah. Torres, number one candidate for just accidentally walking backwards into a big hole. Yeah. Donaldson, I think there's an injury. Torres has no idea what's going on. Yeah, that's, again, a guy whose swing completely changed, and we don't understand why. Again, rolled out the red card before. Asked him to go to shortstop. Couldn't do shortstop for one and a half years. Um, then goes back to second, gets his way, starts, you know, you see the pop for the last two weeks of September. Okay, maybe something is is okay here. Starts the year off hot, and then, again, becomes the worst player you've ever seen. Defensive lapses where that shouldn't really be happening because you're back in a position where you're totally comfortable and you are, um, you're not being spread thin with what you're asked to do. You're, you literally got what you want. You got back to the position that you felt comfortable with and everything should be fine. Bat should be back on track. No, even when he was performing in the quote, all-star first half, it still wasn't enough. And it sucks for him. And it sucks for a guy like Gary Sanchez who started your, they started their careers off so well and there was no really way to go up. It was just really sustaining, sustaining a semblance of what you could possibly do on the offensive end. And there has been none of that. Call this call whatever Glaber Torres is doing this year is sustaining a semblance of what he did in 2018 and 2019. It's in my opinion, it's not even close. You look at his high leverage numbers, they're awful. Runners in scoring position numbers, they're awful. Um, so yeah, a number, um, an amount of home runs means something. To a certain extent, to a certain extent, OPS plus he's league average. He's a league average hitter in a lineup filled with major league hitters. You have Rizzo, Benintendi, DJ LeMahieu, Aaron Judge, Giancarlo Stanton protecting you and your league average. And that just goes to show that the regression is real or the the uh, the major league um, burst onto the scene was fake. Um, I don't really know what to think. I don't know if there's something behind the scenes going on we don't know about, but you know, you look at this team that was supposed to have a Donaldson, 
um, a Joey Gallo, an Aaron Hicks, a Glaber Torres as the second half of the lineup. Most of those guys in previous years, based on the way that they performed, would be somewhat featured. Joey Gallo was the number three hitter for the Texas Rangers. Aaron Hicks was a fairly, you know, um, sought after uh, uh, talent for the Twins, and he was, you know, he was he was viewed fairly fairly favorably there. Gleyber Torres in 2018 and 2019 would have been a number two hitter on any other team and almost any other team in baseball. Uh, Josh Donaldson was a three four hitter his entire career. These guys should be benefiting from a lesser spotlight and a lesser role, and they're not. And that makes me think there's a problem once again. We'll go back to, is there a problem in the clubhouse? Brett Gardner's out there. There's no Brett Gardner excuse anymore, folks. There's no more Brett Gardner pouring Tyler Wade hot sauce down his pants to worry about. Jackson or- Frazier. Jackson yeah. Frazier is gone. Yeah. Clint Fra- Jackson Frazier is gone, who's been the source of the most distractions in Yankees history over the span of five years, the most unnecessary distractions in Yankees history. So what is it? Tell me what it is, because now we're witnessing the same amount of lethargy, this, the same amount of of inefficiency, the same amount of lack of responses. Yeah, cool, rip off five straight wins, but then go three and four on a road trip, you should have went six and one. And blow a, blow a, t- blow nine games in a, in a division in a month and then set yourself up for a hectic September where you think you might be getting Harrison Bader back, but you might not. You think you might be getting Luis Severino back at full force, you probably won't. So now there's problems out, out the ass. Aaron Boone is not delivering the right messaging. Aaron Boone is not piecing together this lineup properly. Aaron Boone is not, is it Aaron Boone's decision to play somebody on the IL? Somebody tell me that like just IL Anthony Rizzo, open up a roster spot and have somebody that can contribute consistently. If his back is bothering him on and off like this, he needs to rest. You want to talk about a team that just literally sacrificed August. They sacrificed the entire month of August to get ready for October. And they're not going to put Anthony Rizzo on a 10 day, on a 10 day IL to rest him because he has back issues. So just, yeah, we'll let the back issues linger into October. We'll let John Carlos Stanton come back prematurely from his Achilles issue. Still not hundred percent. We'll let DJ LeMay hobble with a foot issue and play the field and not have him be hundred percent. Instead of just figuring it out, call up some guys, see if it does anything. They just want to, they want to beat this into the ground and it's not working. And I don't know how much longer you need than two and a half months of really bad play. I don't know. I don't understand it. And if you want to put Anthony Rizzo on the IL, you could have backdated it to Tuesday, except now you can't because he played three outs at first base yesterday for some reason. Great. That changed the game. I'm so glad that Anthony Rizzo came in after DJ LeMay, who had trouble scooping balls in the fateful sixth inning. That was good timing. Good. Uh, He looked good with Clay Holmes out there. Positives for the team right now, Clay Holmes. Aaron Judge. uh, Ron Marinaccio, Greg Weissert. Um, that's it. Pass. Oswaldo Cabrera is cool. Pass. Here are the three Yankees arguments that I'm sick of. Stop it. The September collapse is en route. Stop these arguments. Number one, this is just a slump. Good team slump. Good teams don't go 10 and 18 in the month of August. Good teams don't blow this much off their AL East lead. Good teams don't go uh 61 and 23 and then 18 and 29 since then most of the season has been mediocre next don't blame garrett cole just because i can blame other people doesn't mean i can't also blame garrett cole 
Don't fold against the Orioles. Don't fold against the Jays. Don't fold when a fan falls on the field against the Angels and IKF makes an error behind you. It's fair to expect a little bit more from your $324 million man. Work out of trouble every once in a while, even if the trouble was unforeseen. And three, it was smart to trade Jordan Montgomery and plan for October. Trade Jordan Montgomery if you want to. Get a pitcher back and don't signal your team that you're taking the foot off the gas pedal in the middle of the summer because the lead is big enough. Because guess what, folks? Not only was it not big enough to get to the end of the year, wasn't even big enough to last comfortably through August. I don't know what you want from me. I really don't. I want you to. I just want you to smile and nod at that. It's. I, I'm so tired of hearing the opposite ends of these things. Yeah. Don't blame Cole. I'm going to blame yeah. everybody. Everybody had a hand in this. Big blue you in know, the Bronx. It's just a slump. It's still a good team. It was a good team in the first half, and that's why I can't give them up. I can't let this die. I can't stop watching or stop paying attention, but it hasn't been a good team for a very long time. Yeah, it's not. Counting back, if you want to count back, you can count back to that Jays game where they blew a five-run lead in Toronto, and we all said, eh, you know, Big losses like that happen to good teams sometimes. And since then, I'll, I'll look up the record since then. I don't think it's what you want. I don't think you want to hear it. Gary Sanchez, by the way, has a 98 OPS plus this year. Had a 99 last year. Basically who he is. Slightly below average. Figured I'd look that up. But last year, a 730 OPS was a 99 OPS plus. This year, he's at 689. And that's a 98. The league's offense has gotten that much worse. A 689 OPS is not okay for Gary Sanchez. No, that's bad. That's, I mean, what is IKF doing? 625? He's 60 Dude, points. Like 10, yeah. yeah. Uh, some asshole arguing with me on Twitter. Hope he's watching. Big Blue in the Bronx. Um, Ooh, at hear? Tommy's Takes. Just saw you wrote a piece on Boone defending IKF. Aren't you the same dude, though, that said fans are overreacting about IKF? If I'm mistaken, let me know. What? And then Joe G responds, what a fucking asshole. Shaking my head. Okay, let's let's just... Let's talk about this. Did I write a piece about Boone defending IKF? I did. There is no defending a player for making a routine error. And for a guy who's been largely below average or, you know, at fringe average at shortstop, there's no defending that. As a manager, you have to hold your players accountable. Did I also think fans in the midst of the Yankees falling apart, blaming IKF for all the problems was overreacting? Absolutely. There are many other roster issues with this team. You could talk about Joey Gallo. Who, was, who ended up being traded because he was so bad. That is one giant problem. Aaron Hicks, another giant problem. Aaron Hicks has had two good hits this year. That's a guy who should be contributing a lot more. Prescription products require completion of an online medication consultation with an independent healthcare provider through the LifeMD platform and are only available if prescribed. Subscription required. Individual results may vary. Additional restrictions apply. Read all warnings before using GLP-1s. Side effects may include a risk of thyroid C-cell tumors. Do not use GLP-1s if you or your family have a history of thyroid cancer. If you've struggled for years to lose weight and have given up hope, did you know you can now access GLP-1 prescription medications at TryLifeMD.com? We're now offering eligible patients online access to GLP-1s, the breakthrough prescription medication that can help you lose body fat and weight. Listen to what people are saying. It's fun to put on jeans that you couldn't get into six months ago. Every morning, I look forward to getting on the scale. For anybody who's struggling with their weight, it's a godsend. And here's the best part. Your insurance may cover 100% of the cost of your medication. So go to TryLifeMD.com to have your eligibility checked right now. Get started today at TryLifeMD.com. That's T-R-Y-L-I-F-E-M-D.com. What's the easiest choice you can make? 
window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. IKF was brought in to be IKF, guys. He was brought in to be a stopgap who made some contact, who didn't who didn't make as many errors and gaffes as Glaber Torres did. IKF is better at shorts up than Glaber Torres. Let's also, let's get that out there. Um, there is no, I am blaming Boone for defending IKF. I'm not, I'm not saying, I'm not saying fans have no right to be wrong at IKF for making the error. But then again, this is a concerted effort. Yankees, three hits last night. Garrett Cole can't get past the fan on the field and IKF making the error. IKF making an error. If Garrett Cole still serves up the same pitch as Shohei Otani, it's a tie game. It's 2-2. So it doesn't matter if he actually gets the he if he gets the out and throws Mike Trout out. It doesn't matter. And, and I, we're getting a lot of like, what was he supposed to do to Otani on 2-0? Not fall behind 2-0? Yeah. So the, the the whole confusion here about what fans like it's it's the thing we and we can roll right into your or we can roll right into the arguments you're sick of hearing too. It's it's who are we going to blame and who are we going to blame more and who are we going to take less blame off of? So yeah, if I'm I'm not saying absolve IKF of blame. Nobody's saying that. I'm saying IKF is hardly, hardly the issue and the problem with this team. If you think the number nine hitter and the defense first shortstop is the main problem with this team, this is the first time a bad defensive play from IKF has come back to screw the Yankees. So you could talk about his 12, 13 errors, whatever it is on the year. Nothing has really put the Yankees in a bad spot until last night. Um, and he owned up to it, which was great to see, but Aaron Boone did not, which is where my problem is with messaging, with the clubhouse, with the energy, with being uh, holding players accountable, with just the overall vibe. That is the problem. I can write about Aaron Boone being at fault for defending a guy. I can write about Aaron Boone for being at fault for defending Aaron Judge when Aaron Judge shouldn't be defended. If the problem even, if, if that even came to it, it doesn't, the manager is the manager. The manager is there to hold his players accountable and to be honest with the assessment of the of the play on the field. And he slowly got there, and he finally flipped out and hit a table, and now we're back at square one where it's like, hey, you know, we got to give him a pass. Yeah, I mean, uh, sure, the offense got three hits. That's mostly the problem. Garrett Cole gave up a three-run homer when he shouldn't have. That's also the problem. But we're not going to be defending the guy who also contributed to the problem. Everybody should be held accountable here. There is no saying, oh, well, you know, Garrett Cole's an ace, so, you know, he's going to give up a home run every once in a while. Garrett Cole's an ace. He should get you out of that inning if if the problems pile up. That is his literal job. The every offense, three hits. Every game is the most important game of the year. Yeah. Like, I don't care that it's the Angels on the road. You have to win that game. The Rays have already won. You have to win that game. Garrett guy Cole on second, in. one out. Guy on second, one out. IKF makes an error. Big bummer. Everybody who's watched baseball knows Otani is geared up now and is more likely than not going to do damage. Get him out. 
Yeah. He pays just $324 million. Get him get out. Get him out or walk him. You can walk him too. I don't think anyone's upset with you walking him there. Bases, you loaded, one out for, bases loaded one out for Luis Renjifo. Get back at it. Get a double yeah. play. Strike him out. The Amy Hergit put Aaron Judge and Giancarlo Stanton on base and said, I'm going to go get the next couple of guys. Had no problem Garicol, doing that. Garrett Cole, 1-0, three-run homer in Otani. Worst pitching through all day. It was only two bad pitches. It lost the game. Garrett Cole's not the only guy to blame, but you can blame him. People missing the point on this Isaiah Kiner-Falefa thing. I'm not happy he made a horrible error that changed the complexion of the game and served as an indicator that things were about to fall apart, but be mad at be mad at Isaiah Kiner-Falefa in the moment. Then be mad at the people who put him on the team. Why was he the choice at shortstop with Carlos Correa, with Trevor Story, with Corey Seager, who just set a career high in home runs in the in the giant airplane hangar in Texas? Be mad at the people who are like, we're going to save this payola and we're going to trade for Isaiah Conner-Falefa and take on Josh Donaldson's money. Because remember, Isaiah Conner-Falefa was not free. He cost Josh Donaldson's money and that let the Twins get Carlos Correa. So money changing hands on both sides. He wasn't free. He was expensive, actually. They thought they'd get the benefit of Josh Donaldson. They didn't. So I'm not happy with Isaiah Conner-Falefa. Neither are you. But he's been the source of way too much fan criticism when every some of the criticism levied at him should be going to Brian Cashman. Most of it. Most of it, in fact. Most of it. I mean, I don't know. Once again, IKF was brought in here to play solid defense. He's mostly kind of done that, and he's brought in here to be a contact bat. He's mostly batted 270 all year. That's just literally what you're getting. They didn't bring – you know, he didn't br- – Josh Donaldson is another issue where that's that's where more your anger should be. Josh Donaldson, 25-30 homer bat, 8,500 RBI bat. Not even sniffing that. Glaber Torres, supposed to be better at second base, supposed to be ha- supposed to have power numbers, supposed to be lengthening the lineup, not doing that whatsoever. IKF sitting in the 8-9 hole and making a routine error every once every five games is not is not making this team significantly worse. It's it it, it shouldn't be this way. We should have a better shortstop. We should have looked ahead. We should have maybe once again found the solution in the minors. You don't want to trade Oswald Peraza? Great. That's fine with me. Then play him. Mm-hmm. Anthony Volpe is your future? Great. Call him up from A because every other fucking team is calling up people from A if they feel like it's the moment. Braves are doing it with two guys. It's now lengthening their lineup better than arguably anybody in the league. I'm not saying it's going to work out the same for the Yankees, but at least try it. Yankees shouldn't be concerned with service time service time at all. They have all the money in the world. And guess what? September calls don't even affect service time, so there should be no... There should be no hesitation to call anybody up to better your team. Short and the time. service time is now. The service time is now. You hold yeah. off on service time in April so you can call them up now. It's September. Do it. And, uh, yeah, Vaughn Grissom and uh, Michael Harris Michael are the Braves' two best players. It's, it's possible. It's plausible. You're worried about service time. You're worried about clogging the infield. Gary Sanchez, people used to worry about his service time. I'm glad we don't have any more of it. Labor Torres, worry about his service time. He's going to be off the team next year. They're also clearing out extensions, future extensions. Think about all the extensions we were previously like, well, you know, they're going to want Peraza because there will come a time when they're paying Judge. Maybe he might walk. They're paying Torres. No. They're paying Sanchez. No. They're paying Hicks. They're going to try to find a way to get out of that contract or at least some of it. Not really. And they're paying Jordan Montgomery. No. They're not paying Jordan Montgomery. They're paying nobody. They're clearing out the payroll for Aaron Judge, and that's great. Hope he says yes. 
He's so good at this point that you take the back half of the deal, whatever it is. Oh, also, yeah. Yankee life. He, I'm sure he'll just suck sooner than anyone expects. But he's really the only guy you're paying. So if you're going to run out a lineup of Judge Peraza Volpe next year, which might be kind of fun, might want to get a head start on that now. Might want to see yeah. if Peraza can adjust uh, to the major league game. Uh, because we had hope. In the, I mean, Peraza's not Estevan Florial, but they keep calling that guy up for a week. He goes over eight. He starts two games and pinch hits once. Then he goes back down. That's what top prospects do sometimes. Jason Dominguez is having an incredible second half. I don't really know what that means for his future. Peraza oh. is having an incredible second half. Hitting 270 with a 429 slugging this month after hitting 300 with a 563 slugging in July. It's very good. He's got the tools. He's got the talent. Come on up to the big leagues. They won't do it. They just won't do it. And I'm, I'm still refreshing, waiting for that Luke Bard, Marwin Gonzalez note. Because it's going to happen. Waiting. When is it? That's, Where's Luke Bard? There is, yeah. And that, that's the other thing, too. It's all these, all these, all these pros, prospect progressions have to be linear for the Yankees. IKF a problem. Great. What, whose fault is it that IKF makes a, makes a routine error? You know, obviously it's his first and foremost, but if the Yankees aren't getting ahead of the problem by replacing it, then how much longer are you going to blame IKF for not, you know, for, for being who he is? This is who he is. IKF, once again, not the problem. This, the systemic problem with the Yankees is bad decision-making. Three, I, I wrote yesterday, three call-ups they should make that they're not going to make. Oswald Praza, the easy one. He's already at AAA. Um, Elijah Dunham. I think, you know, he's only a double A, but he can add, he's versatile defensively. He adds speed. He adds a lefty bat. He adds power. That could be useful. Release Aaron Hicks and bring Elijah Dunham in. I'd rather have Elijah Dunham coming off the bench, at least as a pinch runner, than Aaron Hicks doing anything on this team. And that's an organizational failure if the Yankees aren't even thinking of that. And then you have call up Anthony Volpe. Anthony Volpe is your crown jewel, the player you will not discuss in any trade discussions. The guy who should have probably got a promotion to triple A, um, uh, two weeks ago, not even getting a promotion at AAA for whatever reason, then great, call him up to the big league, see what he can do. What's the worst that could happen? We wa- You just watched the captain. If you're a Yankee fan, you just watched the captain. There was inherent value for Derek Jeter being on the 95 playoff roster and not even fucking playing an inning. He sat there, he watched, he did jack shit, but it set the tone for him being a fucking winner and being an actual player and – in, and understanding what it is to be on a team and be in a big moment like that, where guess what? Uh, we don't need you to play buddy, but we need you to be here and active and we need you to kind of you know, engage and, and be a team guy. Okay, cool. If Anthony Volpe comes up for September and gets part-time play and gets to know the guys in the locker room and develops a rapport and has a feel for the major league, the major league environment, that is value that is inherent value that you are not going to get anywhere else. It's impossible to get that without the experience. So that's where all the, that, this is where the frustration stems from you fucking complaining about IKF booting a ground ball or grounding into another double play. That's your problem. That's, that's you not being able to see past your fucking nose Bronx and the fucking big blue in the Bronx. Fuck you. Wow. We're, we're not happy. Isn't this interesting that we're not happy the collapse has already happened. Again, like we said, 15 to 6 is a collapse. Whether it gets completed or not, whether they fall into the wild card round, they're like nine games up in the loss column on the Orioles right now. And that's who you have to be watching if you really want to see this Yankee team in a wild card series. I I, I don't know who you are. If, if that's something you want to care about, you can. This shouldn't be hard. Holding on to the division lead shouldn't be that difficult. The Rays technically 
control their own destiny now in the AL East with their six games against the Yankees, three at home, three on the road. The Rays schedule is wild. They get the Red Sox between the two Yankees series. They go to Toronto for five. That includes a doubleheader. They get Texas, fine. Houston, four more with Toronto. Cleveland, Houston, at Fenway to finish the season. The Red Sox aren't going to want to watch the Rays cakewalk into the playoffs unless they're trying to overcome the Yankees at that point in time. Then the Red Sox will lay down. John Schreiber will start a game. Connor Wong will come in from the bullpen in the seventh inning. Ryan Brazier will deliver the ceremonial first pitch. But the Rays have a gauntlet this month. So do the Yankees. The, the Aliens is playing each other. The Rays don't play the Orioles anymore. The Yankees only play the Orioles three times. They both got those series out of the way early. Lucky for both of them because the Orioles are great now. But the Red Sox are no easy task. That's a lineup that was in the ALCS last year. They still think they're good. Uh, they don't have the pitching. They can hit. They might hit the Rays. Rays don't have Shane McClanahan for now either. Shoulder impingement. Don't know what that means. It means some anonymous guy's going to step up and join the rotation and dominate. But the Cy Young favorite for most of the first half is now out. The Rays have it tough. The Rays and Jays will be playing nine times. The Yankees and Jays will only be playing three times. It'll be really tough for the Jays to catch the Yankees. It'll be really tough for the Rays to catch the Yankees if the Yankees handle their business even a little bit, even if they go two and four when they play them, even if they go three and three when they play them, one and two in this series, two and one at home. It's really, with the schedule the Rays have to play the rest of the season, it wouldn't be that difficult for the Yankees to hold them off. But they've been cosmically bad for two months now. So I'm done rationalizing and saying, well, the Yankees should be able to hold on here. We were saying it a couple weeks ago. All the Yankees have to do really is take this Rays series at home. It's been a terrible month, but just got to take this Rays series. They score one run in the first two games. Takes a Josh Donaldson walk-off grand slam and extras to save that series. All they have to do is really split this Jays series. They lose the first three, almost lose all four. All they have to do is go five and two on this road trip against bad teams after starting off two and oh. They went one and four after that. They don't do anything that they could do to make this easier for them. It will be really difficult for them to blow this whole division lead, but it's already been pretty difficult to blow the nine. So if they blow 15 and a half, by the way, which was their largest lead over the Rays, that would be the largest division lead ever blown in Major League history. The current record holder is 15, and it was like 1906. That doesn't matter at all. The Yankees Red Sox in 78 was 14. Uh, and obviously we already have the worst playoff collapse of all time. So then we'd have the worst regular season collapse of all time. Pretty cool. Pretty fitting. Again, will be very tough for the Yankees to get to the finish line here and blow the whole lead, but it was really tough for them to blow as many games as they already have. It's been a month and a half of this five game winning streak earlier last week. Turned nothing around. It was nice to beat the Mets. Nothing. They didn't do much. They beat Scherzer and Manoa. They lose to Adam Aller and Adrian Martinez and, two anonymous angels congrats on beating michael myers mr halloween himself in the one game in the angel series it just feels terrible to root for this team and again this is a group of guys who it's a similar group of guys from last year there's talent at triple a there's some young talent on the roster there are guys i root for and want to see succeed there are plenty of guys i don't root for and when they're not succeeding do nothing for me that's what this roster is doing right now and to answer my own question from earlier that I posed to everybody and posed to myself, the Yankees record uh, before that Jays game where they blew the 8-3 lead on the road was 49-16. and 16. Now they're 79-52. and 52. So that's 30-36. and 36. 49-16 and 16 
to 30 and 36. Basically, an incredible stretch and a mediocre stretch of the same length. It's a mediocre team just as much as it is a great team, but that greatness is still within them. It just happened, and that's why I can't let go. Yeah, but, and, I mean, the most frustrating aspect about all this, too, is, like, fans, we can't, like, the argument I'm getting with this guy on Twitter, we can't even align on what, on why this team sucks. Hmm. Can't even agree on why the team sucks. Like, we're going to be divided when the team sucks, and then what are we doing? And then we're, it just doesn't even make any sense. That's a fun Yankees. That's a fun Yankees fan debate that it's now like, it's like, no, you're wrong about why this team's falling apart. No, you're wrong about why this team's falling apart. We can all agree. The team fell apart. Exactly. And that's where I think perfect. We end the segment here with the arguments you're sick of hearing because it's the same internal fan debate. That is just wild to me. It's like, I don't even understand why we're having a conversation, why you're calling people out on Twitter oh, man, you previously thought X wasn't the problem? Well, now he is, so who's the dumbass now? Or, oh, man, you're blaming this guy more than this guy? What is wrong with you? It's like, no, just blame everybody. Blame the decision makers. Blame most of the players. Blame the messaging. Blame blame the structure. Blame it all. There shouldn't be – nobody should be holding back here. And just because you thought something differently two months ago doesn't mean you can change your mind or or be like, oh, man, like, yeah, there's – clear clear uh clear issue with what i was thinking previously or maybe it wasn't even a clear issue maybe you were right all along and but again what does it matter why do we have to still hear these arguments why do we have to hear these excuses it doesn't matter and there's a reason that fans are frustrated just you know with each other because it happens every year last year what are we arguing what are we arguing last year how good chad green actually was despite giving up 13 home runs like the dumbest shit ever and now this year Continually getting worse. I would love to see 1996 Yankees Twitter. Yeah, it'd be crazy. Right before that Orioles series. Hey, beat the Rays. As Aaron Boone said, it's right in front of you. But it's also not because you guys just won't pick up the tab ever. That is it. For this edition of the Yanks Go Yard Podcast, make sure to find us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts. We're still going to be cranking them out there. You can also find us live on YouTube, 2 o'clock Eastern time, Mondays and Thursdays. We know we'd love to see you here and on Twitter, streaming at the same time. I can be found on Twitter at Adam Weinrib. Thomas Carinante, where can the uh, IKF uh, haters find you? At Tommy's underscore takes. They already found me. They're already mad about an article I wrote months ago about why we're blaming the wrong people. So I'm here all day, dude, here all weekend. Happy Labor Day to me. Um, Head on over to yanksoyard.com. Plenty of content there. It's a good time. Uh, Everyone's having fun reading negative content, so we'll keep it coming for you. Talk to us on the official Yard Twitter account at YanksGoYardFS. You can catch the live streams there. Reach out to us. Continue the discourse. Just don't be stupid. Sick of interacting with stupid people. Thinking one thing is one thing and one thing is the other. It's just, it's all the same. Everybody's bad except for one guy, two guys actually, Aaron Judge and Nestor Cortez. Everybody else has done something to minimize that production. So plenty of blame to go around. We'll keep talking about it. Thankfully, there's an off day today so we can take a breath, maybe get some sleep tonight. West Coast road trip over, three game set of uh, against Tampa coming up. I'm not even going to forecast anything because every time I forecast something, I was the dumbass who said they should win five out of seven as a worst case scenario on this road trip. And now I'm the dumbass. I'm the dumbass three and four. So 
I, I've yeah, never yeah, forecasted. Yeah. I've never forecasted a trip worse. I thought they were gonna win five of seven. I thought they were gonna. I thought they were gonna lose last night. Correct. And I thought they were gonna lose to JP Sears. Incorrect. They actually won that game, and then they lost basically all of the other ones. Thanks. Yeah. Cool. I'm not forecasting anything either. Just know that you could avert disaster with the Rays' upcoming schedule really easily. You really could. It wouldn't be hard. It's like they don't look ahead. You think they or, look ahead? Well, I, I think Brian Cashman looked ahead when he dropped a bunch of pitching off the roster for no reason. Luis Severino's going to be starting in Tampa at the end of this week. Not for the Yankees. For the Tarpons. So, that's good. That's cool. Um, best of luck to him as he ramps up. Go Yankees again. This is this is simple. This is not a really complicated picture. There are a lot of ways in which you, this could end well for you. But find one. We'll see you on Monday. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient. Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator.